The Linux Reality Podcast is sponsored by O'Reilly Media, spreading the knowledge of innovators through its books, online services, magazines, and conferences. Visit them today at O'Reilly.com. Everybody, welcome back to Linux Reality. This is episode number ninety-five. I am your host, Chess Griffin, and this is going to be a listener feedback episode. I've actually got a lot of stuff to uh, get to. I've got, let's see, three audio tips. Two of them from Verbal. <laughs> uh, two audio listener comments, or you know, feedback, and then a a lot of email. And this is. This is not even all the email I've been getting a lot over the last several weeks and, you know, not doing it during the show has got me, uh, you know, got lots of them in the queue. So we're going to get to a lot of those as well. So we might as well get right to it. Okay, and just a quick little intro here. I guess I should have just gone straight to the uh, tips, but uh, <laughs> I forgot. Uh, so we, let's see. We're going to do the three tips first, uh, and the uh, the first tip is from Verbal. Hello, this is Verbal from Chicago, and here's a listener tip. If you need a spelling checker that you can use from the command line, you can install a package called aspell. To spell check a file called readme.txt, you would use this command, aspell space dash c space readme.txt. With some distributions, you may need to install a separate dictionary for your particular language, such as German, French, or Spanish. For more information on aspell type, Man space a spell. I hope this helps. Hey, Chess, this is Marty from New York, and I just wanted to send in a user tip. Uh, Ubuntu Gutsy has a little problem mounting Samba shares. Uh, auto mounting them, that is. Apparently, the bug goes that it tries to uh, mount them before it initializes the network card, as I understand it. Uh, so the way to get around it is to put it into your FSTAB, uh, just as you've mentioned in your show, uh, but rather than setting it to auto, set it to no auto. And then uh, go into your etsyrc.local and add a mount space and your mount point. And reboot, and it works beautifully. Uh, next thing I just wanted to say is um, I have been using Linux for many more years than I want to admit, and um, one of the things I always find to be incredibly useful is a startup script, pretty much no matter what version I'm using, um, which doesn't really auto-start, uh, but simply lets me choose to start it if I want to, and basically set up my environment and do all sorts of neat stuff. Uh, that way, if I'm doing it on a laptop in particular, um, I get to simply uh, fire it up and have a basic desktop if I want it. So if I just want to check my email or whatever, I don't have to worry about starting up all, you know, LAMP services and 
Uh, you know, personally, I, I wind up syncing uh, MySQL databases and things like that. And I don't need to do any of that if I do if I do this. So I'm going to go ahead and include mine, my little Bash script that I uh, that I use for this startup purposes. Uh, attach that to this email, and uh, you know, maybe somebody will find some use for it. Probably not very useful out of the box because, uh, like I said, I do MySQL MySQL syncing and so forth. But maybe the idea is uh, helpful to other people out there as well. Anyway, uh, great show. Love your uh, love your podcast, and uh, hope to keep hearing from them. Take care. Okay, thanks, Marty. Before I get to the last uh, listener tip here, uh, two things is one is uh, another uh, possible fix for the Ubuntu um, auto mounting thing because I had a problem with that as well. Is uh, to take out the if you have user in your fstab, take that out, and also if you have it set up with smbfs change that to CIFS. CIFS is the new, I guess, Samba protocol as far as mounting in FSTAB goes. Uh, SMBFS has been deprecated, in other words, in favor of CIFS. Uh, that works for me as well, but that's a that's a good tip for Marty. And I will also put a link in the show notes to Marty's uh, startup script. I'll put that in the, uh, in the docs folder where I've got uh, some of those other extended notes for other episodes. Okay, here's another listener tip from Verbal. Hello, this is Verbal from Chicago, and here's a listener tip. You can use the egrep command to search a text file for occurrences of words. The egrep command is spelled E as in echo, G as in golf, R as in Romeo, E as in echo, P as in papa. Here's an example that will search a text file for the words book, or chat, or snort. From the command line, type egrep space hyphen in space quotation mark book pipe character chat pipe character snort quotation mark space readme.txt. The I option tells egrep not to be case sensitive and the N option tells egrep to show the line number of the file where the words were found. For more information on the egrep command type man egrep. I hope this helps. I am in uh, Maine, and I just had a quick question for you. I was wondering if you could at some point explain what the newer developments are in the Haiku operating system. I've heard a lot about BEOS in the past, and uh, I just thought you did a really good job explaining the differences with the BSDs. So I was hoping maybe you could just do a small segment explaining you know, what is important to know about the Haiku system. Um, again, uh, this is Patrick. Thank you for a great show, and keep up the good work. Have a good one. Goodbye. Uh, well, Patrick, that's a that's a good idea. It's that's something I haven't really played, uh, played around with too much. So um, that's you know might be something I have to put on my list. I, I know that there were some some interesting write ups f- uh, about Haiku recently. Uh, I think they were at scale, uh, some developers, and uh, it just looks really cool. It looks like a, you know there's been a lot of a lot of recent development on 
haiku. And uh, so it's definitely something to check out. Uh, thanks for that great suggestion, Patrick. Here's an, another audio comment. Yeah, hi, Tess. It's Bob from uh, Rochester. I uh, really enjoy your podcast very much. I think it's great. It's really helped me out in many, many uh, tough spots. Um, I've been meaning to call for quite a while, but I had an incident over the last two days that finally pushed me over the edge. Uh, I've been setting up uh, Linux uh, Debian. I used to uh, just be more uh, Red Hat-centric. But uh, I found that Debian Etch is a really great distribution. But anyway, um, I'm really interested in getting, getting my wife to use Linux. And so I was setting up an account for her. And I'm new to the network manager. Uh, I was used to setting uh, the um, configuration of my network cards uh, manually. So anyway, I was setting up the uh, account for her and noticed that the um, Network Manager app was not showing up in the um, panel. So I decided to take a look at it. And when I went into uh, the uh, Network Admin uh, GNOME applet, I noticed that the, my card was not configured. I said, how can this be? So. Uh, really good at getting myself into trouble, I decided to configure it. And of course, as you would know, um, after that, my wireless card no longer worked. And so I worked on this for a few hours last night and then this morning. And um, it, looking through the, uh, the messages log for uh, a, a good boot and the boot when it wouldn't work, everything looked just about the same except for a uh, few software uh, tweaks at the end, and so I couldn't figure it out. And then I remembered that in episode 52, you had mentioned some trick about configuring network cards when you're using the network manager, and you solved the issue for me. So thank you very much. Just to close, I have sort of a funny story. Um, a few weeks back, my wife asked me if she could borrow my Debian live CD because she'd never heard of the group and she wanted to know, uh, know what they sounded like. And so I kind of got a good chuckle out of that. And I told her that it was actually a uh, new Linux distribution that I was trying out and that that CD would allow you to boot it up without actually having to put it on the hard drive. Well, she rolled her eyes and she said that uh, we geeks had finally found a way to mask our unusual behavior. Anyway, thank you very much again for uh, such a wonderful podcast. Uh, I probably listen to that more than I listen to the music that I have on my iPod. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to listening to you for a long time into the future. Thanks again. Bye. Well, thanks, Bob. That's a that's a great uh, great call, uh, and that's a pretty funny story there about your wife and the uh, and the live uh, CD or the or the live DVD. And I'm really glad to hear that uh, one of those uh, old episodes was able to help you out with the uh, wireless configuration. Yeah, wireless configuration can be a little tricky, and uh, you know the I have not actually been too happy with the GNOME Network Manager. In fact, one of the emails here is about wireless networking and. Uh, one thing I was going to suggest is to is to also try the uh, Wicked, uh, which is uh, wicked.sourceforge.net. Basically, Wicked is a it's a Python-based uh, GUI front end. I'll put a link to it in the show notes if I can, if I can remember, or in, in the uh, forums. But uh, it works really well. So it just uses native tools uh, to set up wired and wireless networks. It's very nice, very nice tool. 
but anyway, thank you very much, Bob. And I forgot I had one other audio comment, so I'll play that next. Hey, Chez, just some quick feedback. Just want to say I love the show. Uh, you inspired me to do a podcast myself, which I'm working on. And also, I listened to your episode on Arch Linux. And I decided to go ahead and go for the install, even though I'm kind of a noob. But I did it inside of a VM over my Ubuntu installation, which is my daily driver. But I installed Arch, and it's great. I had a good time figuring it out. And there's something about installing a Linux distro from scratch. So I'm still installing all the tools I need and everything, but I might just reformat my laptop and make Arch my daily driver. So thanks for the inspiration. Thanks for the podcast, and keep up the good work. Very nice use of uh, Neil Young there, um, <laughs> and uh, great audio comment. And thanks so much for recording that and sending that in. I really am glad that you like Arch. Arch is a fantastic uh, Linux distribution, and uh, you know it's just it's a it, it definitely can be a little daunting at first uh, for folks who are not used to doing a completely text based install and having to manually configure text files, you know, configuration files from, from the get-go, because uh, that is the way you've got to do it. But um, but it really is not too terribly bad, and I think once people kind of get their feet wet with it, it really opens up a lot of doors. I think fan- I think Arch is a fantastic distribution for really almost any skill level. Uh, in fact, I think we had an email several weeks ago. Um, I can't remember it, the listener's name. I remember it was a female. I remember that. Um, and she said that she was able to get Arch up and running and really enjoyed it as well. So I'm really glad to hear that people are, are loving that. Okay, let's get to some emails here. Uh, first one is from Brian. Uh, Brian says, I just want to say thanks for the podcast and tell you the story of the introduction of Linux to my house. I have a large for a home network. I have two laptops, uh, four desktops, and two servers. Uh, until recently, there were no Linux machines on my network. It was mostly Windows and two Macs. Since being pointed to your website and listening to the majority of your podcasts, some more than once, I have built two Linux servers out of older PCs and replaced the Windows servers that were there. One is a home server that shares files, streams, music uh, using DAP, and shares two printers using Cups. The other server is my Counter-Strike source server, which I was able to move from Windows. I've also configured a... a uh, a DNC client on the CSS uh, server. This allowed me to, I mean, he may mean DNS. I'm not sure. This allowed me to route uh, VNC traffic from the web. From there, I can connect to any of my machines on my network via VNC. The distribution I choose is Linux Mint. I choose. I chose this distro after downloading 4 and using the live CD. With the help of your podcast, I have a renewed excitement for Linux and free software. Thanks again from Brian. Hey, Brian, that is very cool. That's a lot of cool things you've got uh going on there and uh counter-strike i remember playing counter-strike i believe that's the half-life mod or something but um i think that's right and uh, i love those first person shooter games <laughs> that's fun stuff uh, but that's very cool brian i'm glad you're enjoying linux mint and that you're enjoying the podcast uh, here is one from john john says uh what podcasting slash recording software do you use for your commercial website very nice podcast. I want to hear more. I just downloaded a few to my Zoom. I hate Microsoft in general, but my mom just got one for free from her work from the marketplace a few hours ago. 
Oh, and introduce myself. I'm John from Austin, Texas, and Linux and use Linux about three years now, probably since or since I was 11. <laughs> that means he's 14 now, and he's been using Linux since he was 11. Uh, no more than most of the people I know who have been using Linux for five to 10 years. I also run my own hosting company from a Linux VPS. Wow. Anyway, maybe I'll see you on IRC sometime. I've been on there for about four years now from John. Wow, John, that is, <laughs> that's a pretty impressive email. Um, that's pretty cool. You're doing all that stuff. And especially at your age, starting using Linux at 11, and you're only 14 now. That's that's great. I mean, I've got one of my sons. It's going to be seven this year. so, And he's already using Linux as well. Uh, okay, here's one from High Tech Waiter. Uh, he says, hey, Chess, you advised me to listen to all the Linux reality shows from the very beginning. I'm still working on getting caught up and just listen to number 35. Oh, I'm a Linux newbie. I've just been playing around with Debian and Ubuntu for a year, and I was wondering something. You said in number 35 that iTunes does not support Og Vorbis format. Is this still true? If so, is there anyone who can tell me why they don't support it? It's not like it would cost anything to support it. Can you direct me to a source who can tell me more about this codec issue? Also, in a previous episode from 2006, you discussed briefly the deal that had been made between Novell and Microsoft. Can you fill me in on the details of that deal? Thanks. As always, I use the forums for more support-related questions. I'm, I'm at work not using uh, network-connected Ubuntu laptop and cannot get on the forums, unfortunately. Well, let's see. Um, high Tech Waiter. First of all, about iTunes, as far as I know, that's still the case. I don't have anything to point you to, but I think you know you can probably find something through Googling. Maybe someone who can who, you know who's listening, who uses Macs, can post something. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is um, iTunes does not support AUGs. Now, I'm pretty sure that there is a way you can get AUG support enabled on your computer, on your Mac computer, on the Mac, or I guess Windows, iTunes software. Uh, software. I think there's some kind of plugin that you can do so it can play AUG files. But uh, unfortunately, with the iPod firmware on the iPod devices, those do not support AUGs and uh, you there's nothing that can be done about that other than installing a completely different firmware like Rockbox or something like that that replaces the Apple firmware entirely. Uh, and as far as why, I think the only reason why is they want to push people towards the DRM-protected AAC music that they sell in the iTunes Music Store. I mean, I certainly don't think there's any technological reason why they couldn't support it. but uh, So it can only be some kind of business reason, I would imagine. I can't cost, it doesn't cost anything, and it must be take up negligible um, you know, code to add the support. So it's uh, very, very frustrating. Uh, but thank you very much for that email. Okay. Here is an email from Bashar. He says, he sent me a long email. I won't read the whole thing, but he says, not sure if I'm the first to contact you from Kuwait or not. I was planning to contact you once I finished the whole 90 plus episodes, which I started at the end of last year. I think I will get to why I did the email sending later. The first episode I listened to didn't have much in it as it was at, uh, as it was the episode 90 end of your wrap up. Yet I could tell from it how informative the podcast is going to be. Well, actually, I was wrong. It was much more information. I have all the podcasts on my iPod, and I have to tell you, you are affecting all my other podcasts. I don't have time to listen to them so often as I usually like to listen when I'm on the road. What makes your podcast great, I believe, is several things. One, you talk in a nice, normal voice that is easy to follow by everyone. Two, your neutrality is helping a lot. You don't try to take sides, and whenever you get into a debatable subject, you highlight things as your own point of view, not facts. Love it. Three, as far as I have got it, the roadmap you followed was really neat and would help anyone get up to speed with it. Even the introductory episodes I see important for starters to digest the concepts and history of what Linux and open source is all about. Wow, Bashar, that's very nice email. I really appreciate it, and I'm really glad that you're enjoying the show and you're finding it helpful. Um, yeah, I mean, that's sort of my idea. This is sort of my contribution to... 
the free and open source community. I mean, I'm, I do a little bit of coding, but I'm certainly not a programmer. I'm not a big time hacker. Um, so I can't contribute in that way. I try to help out in forums and IRC when I can, but this podcast is my, my primary way of, of reaching out to new uh, users and just to introduce people to Linux. Uh, so thank you very much for taking the time to send that email. Uh, here's an email from Bob. Bob says, this is kind of funny. He says, a young 40-year-old Linux using friend of mine turned me on to Linux reality podcasts and podcasts in general. What an awakening that was. Then I took your recommendations and told my wife I wanted a Koan D2 for Christmas. And now I am the coolest senior on the block. With your introduction to patio books, it looks like I am hooked on audiobooks. Now I am totally worthless. I'm starting to think that you and the younger crowd enjoy life to the point that you are simply senior citizens in disguise. You are ahead of your time. <laughs> From Bob. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> I like that email. That made me laugh. Um, I'm a senior citizen in disguise. I think that's probably true. <laughs> uh, here's one from Dave. Dave says, hi, Chess. I just want to drop you a quick email to thank you for the high-level slash overview explanations of the broad range of topics in Linux reality. I discovered your podcast by referral from a friend of mine who is a devoted Ubuntu user, Tinkerer, a few weeks ago. I've been quickly catching up on past episodes while at work, which is both a good thing and a bad one, as your podcast is an excellent distraction from any tedium. <laughs> Thanks a million for your dedication to open source and the Linux Reality Podcast from Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. I'm glad that you uh, that the podcast is uh, sufficiently distracting for you. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, I get distracted by po podcasts and uh, audiobooks all the time. Uh, here's one from Mike. Mike says, Hey chess, great show. I just started listening. I've downloaded every podcast from number one. I enjoy your shows and I'm learning a lot. I haven't played around with Linux much, but I want to migrate over on one of my machines for good. I'm just not sure which is a really good distro. I am on lesson 24, 25 now. So I am catching up. What I want to do is set up a Linux file server and intranet with Apache if possible and have a calendar. My whole family can read and write to I'm using office 2000 XP now, and I've not been real successful in getting it set up the way I want. Glad you were doing this. We need shows like this. Thanks, Chess. Hey, Mike, that's a that's a good email, and th that's a very interesting set of stuff you want to do there, and definitely something you can do with Linux. That's piece of cake. Um, you can definitely set up a Linux file server using Samba, so that way your Windows machines can still access the files. You can set up, you know, a a, a, a web server, uh, either Apache or Lighty, and set it up so it only runs on you know inside, so you don't open it up to the outside world. So it's just like an intranet. And as far as calendars, you know, there's the web calendar PHP program I talked about in the home server series. And there's, you know, there's all, there's several different kinds of groupware that have calendaring. There's, you know, Zimbra and there's, um, gosh, there's one that's written in PHP. I forget. I, I'm drawing a blank right now, but there's several, there's like three or four big, you know, sort of, um, you know, calendaring slash mail slash contacts, you know, uh, which is normally used for the office, but, I've started playing around with that. Oh, Citadel. Citadel is one. I know I, that's one I've used for quite a while, and it works really cool. It works great. Uh, it might be a little bit heavy. You could certainly do something very basic. And, of course, you can always use, use Google Calendar as, as well. Uh, but thanks so much for sending that email, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, here's one from Jeff. Jeff says, first, love your podcast on iTunes. Right to the point. Can you recommend a specific forum server for Debian? can't really find much on this topic. PHPBB seems to keep popping up. I need a simple solution. All PHPBB seems to be marked experimental. Thanks from Jeff. Jeff, 
I use simple machines form. You're not going to find that in Debian uh, repositories because it's because of licensing issues. It's free to use, um, but there are the, the license probably doesn't fall under free software. But it's very easy to install. It's just a tarball. You download it and extract. You know, you set up a MySQL database. You fill in a, a PHP file with your database information, and then run a a web-based script to set it up. I mean, it's very simple. Uh, there's lots of form software that does essentially the same thing. I think another one is PUNBB. Uh, I think that's one that Arch Linux uses. I'm pretty sure that's in Debian, but I'm not positive. Um, but those are the those are some of the big ones. And PHPBB is very popular as well. I know the Linux Link Tech Show guys use that. I don't remember which one the Lug Radio guys use. Um, they may they may use uh, PHPBB also. Uh, okay, here's one from Roger. Roger says, "Hey, hello, Chess. I picked up on a background clicking in episode 93, the interview with Nathan Mole, and I believe I had the same sound on one of my computer layouts. It's the wireless router placed too close to the speaker or other wiring. Um, let's see. I had it much stronger than you, but after moving my Linksys WRT54G, of course, a few feet away, the clicking vanished. I seem to recall the same clicking on another netcast, Leo Laporte, a preferred term of yours." but couldn't locate it again. This time when I heard it, I jumped on it. It could, of course, be you or the interviewee. Best regards, Roger. No, Roger, it probably is me. I've got a Linksys probably a foot away from my digital recorder. And uh, so I will I will move that and see if that improves. Uh, by the way, that just reminds me, I never answered the email uh, from the listeners asked me about my recording setup. And I'll mention that briefly. I've mentioned it before. I have a digital recorder. It's a uh, made by Zoom, Z-O-O-M. It's called the H4. It's a digital wave recorder, records an uncompressed wave. I have a very simple mixer, $30 mixer, and a microphone. And uh, so my microphone goes into the mixer. My sound card from the computer goes into the mixer. And, and, and on my computer is where I have all the clips and everything lined up. And so and then uh, so I speak and play the clips, and I record onto the digital recorder. So I can essentially record the whole show on the fly as if it was live almost. And then I do any kind of necessary editing in audacity. And there's often a lot of editing because <laughs> I'm not very good. Uh, you don't hear that, but there is. Um, and then, uh, so the website is all is WordPress and simple machines form and MySQL on the back end, and the server runs on Debian etch. Okay. Here's one from Herman. Herman says, I'm from Germany. I'm 14 years old and a big fan of your show. Wow. Another 14 year old. Uh, keep up the good work. I installed a server a few years ago, and I just loved it after a few seconds, so I installed it on my laptop. Now I'm running Debian, and I'm happy with that. My question is, did you ever hear something about the distribution Yoper Linux? I heard about its fast boot up, but I don't think that there's a big community, so I'm not sure about trying it out. Did you ever try it out? Thanks for your replies, and again, keep up the good work. Bye, Herman. Herman, um, yes, I certainly have heard about Yoper Linux. I remember it was really big. It made a big splash, you know, probably back in 2001, 2002 when it first came on the scene. And it seemed to kind of quickly die out. In fact, I was actually kind of surprised it was still around. I seem to remember it was sort of like a 686 optimized type of distribution, binary distribution. Uh, I never tried it. Uh, I certainly know about it, heard about it, read about it, but I never tried it. I don't really know why. Um, I was pretty heavy into Mandrake and uh, Red Hat uh, back in those days. Uh, so I didn't really venture too far out, but and SUSE, uh, back, back in SUSE 7.3 days, I guess. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know much about it. And, um, you know, if anybody is using it or has checked it out, maybe post something in the forums. And Herman, you know, check in the forums and see if you've got any feedback there. Uh, okay, a couple more here. Here is one, and uh, this is from Eric. 
Eric says, hi, Chess. Earlier this month, I purchased a couple of books on Linux and Ubuntu, and I started looking for podcasts to supplement what I'm learning in the books. I found your podcast on iTunes, and it is exactly what I needed. I've downloaded podcasts 1 through 90. Currently, I'm on number 9, but I couldn't resist listening to some more recent shows. As a newbie, I really appreciate how each show builds on the previous one. I'm learning quickly and loving every minute. Many thanks for your efforts in helping us newbies get our feet wet with Linux. My plans are to set up an old laptop with dual boot capabilities so I can get some hands-on experience before I tackle setting up an old desktop as a server. I love having options other than Microsoft, and I look forward to the day when I can greatly reduce my use of Windows. I read your bio on the website, and I see you are currently living in North Carolina. I grew up in Boone, and I'm an ASU graduate. Small world, huh? Keep up the great work. That is a small world, Eric. (laughs) Great email. ASU, for people who are not from North Carolina, stands for Appalachian State University. Uh, Great school up in the mountains. Uh, Beautiful country up there. Just beautiful. Up near the Blue Ridge Parkway, Blue Ridge Mountains. And uh, But, Eric, thanks for your email, and I think that's a great plan. Take it slow. Use an old laptop. Just play around with it. Dual boot. You know, get some experience. Take your time. Don't worry about messing up. I mean, you're going to mess up. We all do. I still do. So that's just that's just part of it. That's part of the learning process. And have have fun. There's a lot of fun stuff to play with. Okay, here is one from Eduardo. Eduardo says, I wanted to drop you a line to thank you for your time and efforts on having something meaningful on every podcast. Great content, fun to listen with great audio quality. I just want to point something out I noticed while listening to your podcast. Listen to it with a paper and pencil and count the number of times you say, you know, you will be surprised. Not trying to harm your feelings or something like that. Just because your content is great, I took the time to let you know. If it was not good, I wouldn't bother you. Just trying to help you improve since I am not a native English speaker, and we have a tendency to notice those kinds of things. Best regards, Eduardo. Eduardo, that's a great email. Um, You certainly don't hurt my feelings. Not at all. I welcome that kind of criticism and people pointing those things out, and you're exactly right. I agree with you. I have noticed it. I've tried to improve it, and it's hard because, you know, I record this, you know, almost as if I'm speaking to my friends, you know, it's almost like we're all sitting around a room together, just kind of talking about Linux. So I, I, it's very informal. I mean, I'm not a professional radio person or anything like that. And I try to keep it informal. And that's unfortunately the way I talk. I mean, my, my, you know, my uh, diction or my speaking is probably not as good as it, as it could be. And so I say things like, you know, and, um, and stuff like that. It just happens. Uh, but I certainly, uh, agree with you and I will continue to try to improve that. So thank you for pointing that out and letting me know and giving me that feedback, Eduardo. Uh, here's one from Jerome. Two more. Uh, Jerome says, hi, Chess. A happy new year to you and your family. I've listened to Linux Reality since I believe February 2006. Wow, two years. And I am now quite confident with Linux, though not an expert. I use Ubuntu both at home and at work. One of the last areas in which I still struggle is wireless roaming. I connect to the wireless at home and at work without any problem, but trouble arises when I try to connect to a wireless network in a hotel, airport, etc., I know of tools such as wireless radar, but I've never really looked into them. I would much prefer being able to configure my connection from the command line using iwconfig for each session. Yes, I have even grown to like the command line. So here you go. A topic suggestion for Linux Reality would be wireless roaming, focusing on the command line, and forgetting about actually setting your uh, or uh, forget about actually getting your wireless card to work, which seems to be a non-issue these days. Cheers, Jerome from Scotland. Uh, Jerome, that's a great idea. Um, definitely, you know, IW config, IF config, IW list, IW list scan is a command that gives you a list of, of access points. Uh, but yeah, those are all good commands and that's a good topic. You know, I think I mentioned this a few minutes ago. You may want to look at wicked, uh, uh, wicked.sourceforge.net 
It's a GUI uh, wireless network manager. It works really well, much better than network manager, I think. Uh, and it ha- I've used it to connect to um, wireless access points in hotels and airports and stuff like that. So it worked well for me. Uh, but thank you for the uh, suggestion, Jerome. That's a great idea. Okay, last email here is from Young. Young says, your podcast answers questions I've had about Linux. Thank you for being very thorough and comprehensive. I just started listening a few hours ago and downloaded the entire thing. I will be listening. Thank you again, Young. Young, thank you very much for that email. Very nice email. All of you, I just I can't thank you enough for the great emails and the support and uh, the audio comments and the audio tips verbal. Thank you for sending in two of them. <laughs> this is very cool. You all are great. I, thank you so much. I think it's time to wrap it up for this week. Okay, everybody. Well, I hate to sound like a broken record, but thank you. Thank you for sending in the emails and the voicemails, the audio comments, the tips, all that great stuff. Uh, I couldn't do a show, an episode like that, without all of your wonderful feedback. Please keep it coming. Uh, you can contact me, linuxreality at gmail.com. You can also go to linuxreality.com slash contact, and you can see the listener um, hotline numbers and ways to get a hold of me, all that kind of stuff. Uh, check out the forums, linuxreality.com slash forums, as well as the IRC channel, hash linuxreality on irc.freednode.net. We've always got, you know, 15 to 20 people in there. Uh, you know, it may go in there and there may be nobody talking for six hours and then it's busy for a few hours and then it's quiet again. That's just the way it is with those kind of small channels. Feel free to leave your window open and just hang out. I I think my current, um, IRC session has been lasting for, I don't know, four days. (laughs) I tend to just leave it open and then I mark myself away when I need to step away and come back later. So, uh, do check it out. It's a lot of fun. All right, everybody, hope you have a great week and a great weekend. I'll catch you next time. This has been episode 95 of Linux Reality. See you later. Bye-bye.